Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And welcome to episode 69 of the Carrier's Edge podcast. I'm Mark Morrell, co-founder of Carrier's Edge. And I'm Jane Jezrowa, the other one. And we are off and running on the second half of our season, the post-Christmas. Yes. What do you call it? The winter premiere of our podcast season. And we had a good rest and now it feels like we didn't have it. Did it we is. have that good of a rest then? Um... At the, t- at the time, I thought I was having a good rest. Yes, we did have a, c- a couple of really nice days off. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, best fleets. And a couple of days that technically we sort of count as light days, but it's just we were working or you were working eight hours instead of 14. So. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're back. And now my regular 14-hour days. So we're back and into it, and as uh, normally happens at this time of year, we are buried in scoring for the best fleets to drive for we program. Are. I so, feel six feet under, definitely. Well, when last we left the heroes of our podcast, I think we were in the middle of interviews, and we weren't sure how it was going to turn out. We knew there were going to be a record number of interviews, but we didn't know what it was going to end up as. So I believe we ended up at 108 interviews that mm-hmm. got completed which is way surpassing crazy in number yeah i think our previous record was 90 uh so we're well past that what was nice this time though is that those 107 or 108 uh were done by what five or six of us that was yes. very nice it was nice to have more people unlike the 90 that was done by the two of us so <laughs> We are improving on these things. Well, now we have, you know, our company actually functions while we're doing best fleets. There's, uh, you know, when we were doing, when we were doing it by ourselves, I don't think we did anything else. There was nobody else who could. It was really very little that was happening. Happy now to have the help. And of those people that got interviewed, we have a record number that made it into the finalist stage. Uh, 93 companies Mm -hmm. and finalist stage is people who got all of their questionnaire and interview part completed and got a sufficient number of driver surveys in by the deadline. So 93, uh, what was our past record on that previous record was 80 or something? I think it was 80. I think it was last year and it was 80. I think for 2021, it was 80. No, actually I just looked at that and it was 75 was our final. Oh, okay. Then 80 was the one before it was 2020. Yeah. So 80 was the previous record. Now it's 93. Whew. And um, which means it, which is crazy. There was a lot of finalists who didn't get their driver surveys. Yeah. That's I was really surprised people. how many didn't make it. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who are in the 70 percent or 80 percent who mm-hmm. could have done it. But yeah. the problem is, I, I think when you are used to the when you're used to the process, and you know those driver surveys are coming, then you know how to get on top of it really early. And I think a lot of the people who know how Best Fleets goes knew that that, that they were going to have to, like I know there were people who, before they scheduled their interview, they were like, can I have my driver survey? Yeah, I want to get started on <laughs> Yeah, this. and so there were a few fleets who had their driver survey target hit before they had their interview. Yep. And there is a few, few who really did crazy numbers on their um, driver survey targets who hit 200 percent. There were a few and it was not Central Oregon. They did not hit 200 percent. No, there was a good number of them that got a lot of surveys in. But definitely anybody who has missed the cut in the past because they didn't get enough surveys in. They're the ones that really get on that. Yeah. So they're the ones that are first to say, can I have my, yeah, my and survey the, link? The secret is get your survey link. When I say, if anybody wants your survey link, you can just let me know the number of drivers that you have. Answer that question and you can finish your driver surveys. Yeah. Much more easily than waiting until your December 12th interview and Although, trying to get your... That being said... It's very nice when some of them don't make it because then we would have even a larger list. (laughs) See, every year on the podcast, we have this discussion. I stress about getting the scoring done. I stress about the fact that 
of those finalists, so there's 93 finalists, we're not going to be able to recognize all of those. So there's yeah. people that are not going to make the cut. And I hate that. I hate seeing people that are really working hard that just don't make it. So yeah, no. as weird as it is, it's kind of nice in a bizarre way for me when they don't make the cut because they didn't get the surveys. It's like, oh, okay, I'm not going to have to cut them. You know, I'm not drawing that line. So just so everybody knows, we don't choose the top 20. Oh, for sure. We don't choose the finalists. The finalists are choose themselves. choose themselves. You get the surveys in or you don't. You do your interview or you don't. It's your, it's the company's choice. You know, whether it's really a choice or not, or whether something else, in you know, affects that choice, we're not choosing and we do not choose the top 20. The most influence that we have is on scoring because we decide how we're going to, well, it's not, it's not on the scoring, but it's how we decide what we're going to score. Well, even then, because of the way we do it, because we score question by question yeah, and one person will do one question and all the responses to that one question, that's uh, very so different. We can't have a favorite fleet because we don't score that all those fleets questions. So no. I would score something in operational strategy like, you know, how much input does do drivers have on vehicle specs? I did that one yesterday. And you might score total work environment. So if you're scoring fleet ABC and I'm scoring fleet ABC, it doesn't matter how we feel about them. You have to go by the legend. You have to go by the scoring matrix and you can't influence what I do for that score and I can't influence what you do for that score. You're, yeah. you're doing it independently. So and that scoring matrix is always updated based on what everybody is saying. Yeah. So this year we are doing it because we've got newer people involved in the scoring process. It's a lot easier for them to take all of that data out of the system. So rather than looking at everybody's answers, which are often very flowery and trying to put <laughs> yeah. their best foot forward and put all kinds of stuff in there that isn't really relevant, what we have people do is take that answer and boil it down to what's actually happening, the meat of that response, right? and save that in a spreadsheet. So then you end up with a tab on a spreadsheet where you have a row for every one of the finalists and you've got columns for all the different things that are being done and the degree to which somebody is doing them. And once you have that, it's a lot easier to figure out what the score needs to look yeah, like. Yeah, and then you just have on your Excel sheet, you just have the sum at the end and you just plug in the numbers. Yeah, and you can decide, okay, well, this one, there really are only three different levels of things that people are doing, or maybe there's five different levels of things. And from there, figure out what constitutes each of those levels. And it takes you at that point, just a few minutes to go through and figure out the scores for them. So it's very methodical that way. Yeah. And you have to be because you have to be fair. So you have to judge everybody equally. So you have to, th that scoring process has to take into account everything. It has, you can't sort of have something that you ignore. Yeah. You have to, you have to be able to explain every single score that you put in. You have to be able to defend it. And you have to say why it's a four, not a three, or a, why it's a two and not a one. And it's that makes it, um, makes your head explode a little bit. Well, if you're not looking at it in a, a sheet where it's boiled down to its basics, yeah, it just drives you nuts. Well, sometimes a yes or a no, and it's very, you know, yeah. do you have profit sharing or not? It's a pretty straightforward, you know, thing. Well, Although sometimes... There's one that we thought was a, a straight binary and has turned into a range because there's different things that people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, well, it's never as black and white as you think it's going yeah, to be. Yeah. And so you have to take into account. So we have the scoring matrix that some people look at, other people don't realize it exists. But every single year we publish the scoring matrix that we have spent like two weeks just mm. plowing through. So there's... How many people? There's six of us doing the scoring this year. Right. So six of us, we're double checking other people's work. Um, and we put the scoring matrix together. This is a whole heck of a lot of work that goes into what we've decided to score because it's going to be based on what's happened over the last year. So we've had, you know, COVID has happened, but it's not just about the COVID response anymore. Now it's about what's happening with the, you know, how people are trying to keep their drivers happy. 
you know, there's a, a lot more interest in keeping drivers happy while they're at your, um, like while they're at your, like the, while they're working for you, not just the first three months or the first year. It's like, we want everybody, we want everybody to stay. So what we found is there's been a lot of increase in things like guaranteed pay, which has just gone. Well, I was going to cover that as a whole section later, what you're finding. But, yeah, yeah, but it's cha- it's just been changing so much. But and so when you're scoring, you have to you have to think about what those changes have been and how is this impacting fleets. So we can't uh, the whole thing about new equipment. I mean, we don't normally score that, but you know, there's been a lot of commentary in there about you know when we have new equipment, mm-hmm. we will you know give people choices, but we can't do that right now. So there's been a lot of back and forth and I think my head starts to explode especially when I'm not just like if I'm just scoring that's one thing I just get into it deep and the only person I talk to is you and the only the only conversations we have are I think I need to change the score here or do you think this is a three or a four or something else well that highlights a really important aspect of it and why it needs to be done in isolation to a certain extent because even with with the number of fleets that we have in that uh, that are finalists to be evaluated, even if you're just looking at one score or one question and you're pulling it out and putting it into a spreadsheet, you start to create in your head kind of a mental palace of where things are that are being done and what are the different things that are being done. And from that, you start to identify the things that everybody is doing. Oh, I keep putting something in this column yeah. every, for every fleet. And then you start also noticing the things that are really out there that are kind of outliers that almost nobody is doing or only one person is thought of. So you have to have that isolation in order to keep that mental palace in your head. Otherwise, you start falling victim to the marketing speak or the part of the answer that really doesn't belong there, that really is something else. You've got to be able to sift through that, uh, boil it down to what it really is all about and track that sort of in your mental list of all of the different things that are being done. And at the end of that, you can really see where the trends are, who's doing what, what's happening, what's new and figure out your scoring. And then you do that, go and then discuss it with somebody else. Cause we always do this review and talk about it uh, and then sort of defend those. And sometimes this is the part that I was going through with somebody yesterday. The trickiness is that it doesn't always fit. Or there's always a few people that don't yeah. neatly fit into the scores. It may be somewhere between a three and a four. Or you've decided that if they're doing this, it's going to be a three. And maybe they're doing that, but they're kind of only doing it half. Yeah, or so you, you see... you have to knock them back a little bit or push them a little forward. Or you have two people who have such similar answers, but one's... They're not both a three. So does that mean that one's a two and one's a four? And yeah, so that that's where it's really tricky. So sometimes you can go through these things like four or five times. You go through every single score and go, is this really what this is? Is this really what this is? So it's so vigorous and people, I, I it drives me a little around the bend when people are like, oh, it's just pay to play. <laughs> yeah. Who's getting paid here? I know. I don't, I feel like I'm not being, I'm not playing and I'm not getting paid for this. It's, yeah. this, is, this is a hard, hard slog. If you have ever tried to evaluate anything, like if you have ever, you know, you look at someone's driving and you have to give them a score out of 10, how easy is that? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you know what a 10 is? How do you know what a five is? How do you know what a one is? That's what we're doing with, I don't know, 60, 60, yeah, 60 questions that we're yeah. evaluating this year. And that's, and, and we have to do it for 93 companies. So 93 yeah. times 60, whatever that is, cause numbers are failing me now. Yeah. I can't do numbers anymore. Well, also, I know we've talked about this on here before is that phenomenon where you get like two thirds of the way down and you think you've got a really good sense of what the different point values are going to be. You're starting to see those things and then all of a sudden somebody comes in with an answer that just totally <laughs> skews all of that. And you have to go back again. When this had, happened, it happened yesterday. Happened to me too. With the question on pet policy. And it had been mostly focused on evaluating, you know, are pets allowed? 
uh, is it service animals only, which I think you're kind of required to do anyway. Yeah. And is there, how much is there, uh, is there a fee or a deposit and how much is that? So that's what we were sort of breaking it down by. And then we get like two thirds of the way down and there's somebody that not only is pet friendly, but they've built a kennel. Another one's got like a dog park or like a walking track for the dogs or something like that. And it's like, oh, well, that totally changes it because now it's not just about how much are you are you charging and what are your restrictions? How much is the company investing or contributing to support that effort? It's one thing to say we're pet friendly. It's a whole other thing to say, well, we are very pet friendly. And in fact, we've got a kennel here. We've got a dog wash bay uh, for when your dogs are here. You can shower them. We've got uh, a whole bag of dog treats that are available and we want you to bring them in the office and things like that. That's a totally different thing. So we ended up having to go back and totally reframe the scoring criteria and then go back and uh, score it all again. So just for anyone who is concerned about that kind of a score, because um, some carriers don't allow pets because of customer restrictions. So they, you know, if you're hauling food, or food grade material, mm-hmm. they often can't have animals. So this is a common thing that happens in, in our scoring. And we have realized that you may, so you may not do great on that question, but in another question, like you may have amazing truck amenities. Yeah. So you're going to score big there, or you have a terminal that just happens to be awesome. Yeah then you're going to score big there. So there's often like there's there's things that are going to be there's no fleet that's ever perfect. There's no fleet that's ever getting amazing scores in every single thing. There's always somebody who's not doing that well in something. And a lot of the times because they've chosen that. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. You got to run the business the way you see fit and you got to build a successful business. That's your objective. But we're looking at it almost exclusively from the driver's perspective. What is going to make a better experience for the driver? And the vast majority of drivers are in support of being able to take a pet with them on Mm -hmm. the road. Maybe they don't like a pet. Maybe they don't have a pet, but that's fine. But there's a lot of drivers that want to take pets with them on the road. They're out on the road for extended periods. They effectively live in this vehicle. They're alone all the time. Furry companion is what a lot of them are after. So objectively speaking, Fleets that have good pet programs are going to be more ad- attractive to drivers. The one that I had was geofencing. What was that one? So geofencing is natural disasters. So it, it doesn't seem to go with each other, uh, like when I just say that. But there's a question about how fleets handle natural disasters. And there are a few fleets now who are, when there is a dangerous area, they actually put something in their, is it McLeod? I don't know which system it is. It would basically say you can't go here. Mm. Don't go here. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So people can't go into a dangerous area unless they're specifically allowed to. Like you can allow Mm. them to, but you can also protect people by not allowing them to go into the middle of a hurricane path or something like that. That's nice. So it's, yeah, it's not, um, uh, I, I think it's a really cool use of technology and I know it sounds very controlling on the part of the carrier and stuff like that. But if you have a number of people who are in harm's way and you want to quickly, you know, let them know mm-hmm. that they've, you know, you're in a dangerous area, get out yeah. or get alerted when people are in an area that they shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. That's way easier than calling everybody up individually, even though, Calling everybody up individually is a nice thing, but it's not very efficient when you're, when you've got time constraints. Yeah. What if you have 200 drivers in that area? Yeah. And you have 10 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, what's the quickest way to do it? Now, I think that following up, and there was a couple of fleets that had follow-ups when there's been natural disasters, especially in the U.S., that where they, you know, follow up and make sure everybody's okay and blah, 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 which I think is really good. Um, but that, that just, that sort of, um, ability to say, this is danger, you know, danger here. I think that's Mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. I wish that they'd have more of that in terms of self-defense type of things. I haven't gotten to that question yet. Yeah. You know, where 
we've seen a little bit more on panic buttons, which is which is something that the the uh, manufacturers are putting in. And and I think the geofencing is one of those things that's not that complicated. I think they probably all have access to it. You just have to think of using it, which is mm-hmm. oftentimes the case here. You already have it. It just doesn't occur to people to use it. it this is the first time that it even really occurred to me that they, because I ended up having a conversation with one of the fleets about it that I interviewed because he said, oh yeah, ge- geofencing takes care of that. And I'm like, what? Hmm. What are you talking about? And then I remember seeing that because other fleets have, have mentioned it, but I didn't really quite cotton on to what exactly was happening. So I have, uh, that was factored into scoring this year. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So as you're going through it, what are the things that you're noticing that are different? Are there particular trends or things that have jumped out at you? There is a trend of, what did I? You mentioned the geofencing for natural disasters. Yeah. What about other questions that you've scored? I haven't, sc- I haven't scored that many. I've reviewed. It was a lot of comp, uh, compensation. Mm. Um, so there wasn't. Well, that one we mentioned, um, there was a question about profit sharing that used to be just a binary. Either you have it or you don't, because so few people were doing anything. And it was profit sharing or stock options or ESOP or something like that. And now, I think the middle one is now if there's like discretionary. Yeah. So profit sharing is you automatically get a certain amount every year based on profit, but then you've got the discretionary bonus, which is kind of... You know, if we had a great year, so you, right. everybody gets a Christmas bonus. But that kind of on its own tells us something. Before it was binary because there were so few doing anything. It was like a third of them that were yeah. just doing anything at all. But now there's enough of them doing something that we can start to look at a deeper level and see what's going on. I did notice something uh, on like money wise. Orientation pay has gotten very oh, yeah. interesting. That I really noticed as well. I made a really note of that because you interesting. The scoring I levels did. are very different. Well, before it was like, yeah, you know, you pay them or you give them a sign-on bonus. Or, and it was like kind of, you know, in the 200 bucks for a couple end. of days. Yeah, or most people said, no, we don't pay them. And it started going up a little bit. This year is like, what? Yeah, last year There's I noticed people it's getting paid, paid 500 bucks a day. Wow, that's yeah. good. It's amazing. Yeah. And what then I started realizing, because and this is the first time I've ever had to do it, and I think I've scored this before, where people are saying, oh, they get this much an hour, they get this much an hour, they get this much an hour, but we have to figure out how much it is for, like how much are they getting paid for the entire time? So I started in my Excel spreadsheet, I'm like, okay, so what does 16 hours or 16 bucks an hour translate into? What is 20 bucks an hour? Tra- so yeah. in my levels of, I, they get paid a hundred bucks a day, 150 and 200. I'm like, I have the hourly equivalents as mm-hmm. well, which is the first time I've had to do that because it's been so, like everybody has such different things. Like the industry has not decided what orientation pay should be. So it's all over the yeah, place. It's all over the map. I would say that 200 bucks a day is the kind of the average. It's sort of the middle ground. It's yeah. It's Well, that's your middle score, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So then um, there's a significant number doing 300, a few doing 400 and then the like the crazy yeah, there was the one that's like 500 and, or more than 500 No, there's a day. three. Wow. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. People are going to start to ask us for that. But the other one that was, <laughs> there was another one that was, that I changed quite a bit and that was vehicle specs. Oh yeah. Which is really weird because people haven't been able to get new so vehicles. The question is input into vehicle specs. So right. Do so, drivers have input into the specs of the equipment that they're going to operate. I forget that not everybody knows my short forms for every yeah, single we question. Just, we just know it internally <laughs> as spec input. <laughs> or vehicle specs, like that's all it is. Total work environment, vehicle specs, profit sharing. Um, so now the people haven't had new equipment necessarily, so there was a lot of discussion about that, but that's not what we ask. We don't, you know, the, how new your vehicles are is not really that important really um but do drivers have input into what the what new vehicles are going to be even though even if you haven't even ordered them this year do drivers have input into it anytime and what i found was that 
more and more fleets are actually getting demos from the manufacturers and getting tests. So they have pilot programs and, you know, they work with Kenworth or, or um, Freightliner and they get, they get like five vehicles to play with. Hmm, and not just huge fleets. Yeah. This isn't just big ones. I think I noticed that last year when I was scoring that, that there's fairly small fleets and I was kind of surprised that they're actually getting to work directly with the manufacturer on that stuff. Yeah. I mean, Garner does it and they hmm. have like a hundred, hundred trucks. Like they're not yeah. big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not based on size. I think it's based on the relationship with your manufa- manufacturer. And if you have a good relationship with the that the, with the dealer, then you should ask for that mm-hmm. because they want to sell you drugs. So, well, uh, that question is also about the items that are in the truck. It's not just what the engine is and the transmission and things like that, because that's what people generally gravitate towards uh, is all of those sort of hard specs. But it's also the things like um, what's the mattresses? Equipment? Yeah, is it storage and what is the sleeper berth? look like and how is all of that configured and that's where drivers have really strong opinions but you know what it doesn't matter what they have input on because everybody has input on it's depends on the work you're doing and how long you're out like some people think that satellite radio is great and things that uh, satellite tv is eh. some people think it's really important to have a certain piece of equipment on you know to have certain types of tires or uh, certain types of um, lights and things like that. So I was seeing all kinds of different things that people were talking about their drivers having input into. So it doesn't really super matter. It really matters the extent to which you are letting people have have a, an opinion. And so what I did was I looked at it as, as how you got that information. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what you're choosing you know, what those decisions are and what you're changing. It really mostly matters about who's making the decisions and what's that information based right. on. Right. So if the company by itself, like the, if only the operations manager and leadership make the decision and they don't involve drivers at all, it's not a good score. Then as it goes up, so if you have kind of intermittent, you know, everyone's, or you just kind of keep track of the comments, then there's your mm-hmm. one. And then as it gets more and more, you know, when you have multiple methods of getting input, plus you have a pilot program, then that's your full score. Mm. So that's, and it's something that's achievable for most fleets, I think. Yeah. Even if you're small, I don't think, I don't think that you necessarily can't do that. Well, there's nothing stopping anybody from asking drivers what they want. You know, do they like what's in there? Would they like to see anything changed before you go and place an order? Do you want to see any of this stuff changed? Should we just keep getting them spec the exact same way or should we change something? Yeah. Yeah. Or do it in a meeting, like have a, have a call about it or, you know, what do you like the best about your vehicles? What would you, you know, what's the one thing you would change? Yeah. Like it's very easy to ask people, Mm -hmm. but I love the idea of, of getting equipment in or even just uh, one fleet basically gets one and puts it in the yard and says, Mm -hmm. okay, go look. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, what are your opinions? And then I, I think I've heard this a couple of times where they have it in the yard or in, you know, somewhere parked and then people have a survey that they can fill out. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So I think that's, but that I had to up the scoring on that. And we mm. had to take out a couple of things too. Interesting. Already. I've upped the scoring on several of them. Um, the ones that I was working on yesterday, uh, retirement plan. So 401k or RSP, nearly everybody's offering them now. So what really became the differentiator was how long before people qualify to participate. Mm. And when I say nearly everybody's offering them, I mean, they're offering them and providing a company match as well. That's become pretty much standard that everybody nearly has got something in that area. So the issue is, when do you get to participate? You know, do you have to be there three months, six months, a year? And there's quite a wide range everything from people need to be there a year. And sometimes it, I think I saw one that was like in the January or July after their one year anniversary. So that could be nearly 18 months, uh, depending on when you started all the way to the other end where some people are eligible on day one. Sometimes the company is contributing as of the first day. 
wow. which I think is very weird. Uh, that's definitely got to be kind of a um, allure to get people in there and sort of keep them around as you're getting that retirement from day one. But I very wonder, uncommon. I would like to kind of go further with that and find out how many drivers actually participate. Well, that's the next question where we look at uh, the the t- company's total contribution as a percent of payroll, which tells us how much the company is matching, but also how many people are participating. I know, but then you don't know how big the non-driver staff is. Yeah, that's true. But the drivers are going to be the bulk of the payroll because they're always going to be the, the largest part of the employee base. True, but I think maybe what a better question would be is to to find out what percent yeah, of what people percent of drivers are participating. Are in participating, oh. and what do you do to encourage drivers to? Oh, participate? there you go. We got something to add next year to make it even longer. Do you have anything to write this down on? <laughs> no, I'll write it down when I'm mastering this. But that's yeah, that's something good to look at. I have seen a number of companies that just automatically enroll people and start making the contribution no matter what. Oh, so you have to opt out. Yeah, you have to opt out. and sometimes, Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, you just get it. So that's pretty cool. The same thing on vacation. I was surprised to see vacation starting to crank up. I had to adjust okay. the scoring on vacation for the first time in years. Okay, but you have to understand, like, I don't know if anybody has really talked about this, but in 2021, vacation became very, very important mm-hmm. because 2020 was so yeah, god-awful. No one, well, no one took any because there was nowhere to go. Nothing to do. So once people had someplace to go, they, I mean, our staff took yeah. vacation in droves last, like everybody was gone at some point. I don't think there's anybody who didn't take vacation. Yeah. Even we took some vacation. I know. I think it was almost a hundred percent people took vacation, which is unusual. Usually there's somebody who's like, eh, I'm not, I'm too busy. But this year, well, we had a lot of new people who took vacation they hadn't earned, which is fine. Um, But I noticed that it was just this, like, you know, even if I can go to a cottage, even if I can go somewhere for the weekend, I just want, I just want out. I just want to go away. That makes sense. Yeah. So even though everybody's talking about the the great resignation, I think people should talk about the great vacation. No, that's interesting. I, I should go back and look at how many of these are changed from last year. I know there's one that I remember saying they changed their whole thing this past year and they made it a lot more significant. But I don't know how many other ones are actually new policies versus they've always had it and they just hadn't been in the program before. But definitely uh, that's something that stuck out to me when I was scoring it is we had to adjust on that one. I remember talking to a couple of fleets who were increasing their stat holidays. Yes, yeah, that, that's been happening for the past year or so. Paying more stat holidays, mm-hmm. starting to give personal days, like not just straight vacation. That's but something we should coming. talk about at the, in the results book, probably. Yeah. The Great Vacation. <laughs> there you Trademark go. me. Yeah. There you go. So that one, uh, I also noticed you had mentioned earlier total work environment, and that's our question about how the company knows they're doing the right things for their drivers. Can I just say that this is my has been my question for the last how many years? Five years or so. Yeah. I have been doing this question because you hate doing it. Um, and you hated doing the op strategy yes, stuff. Yes, I was going to say. Operation yeah. stuff. So we flipped it <laughs> The this maintenance year. question. But I it hate. needs to be more people knowing how to do these things and right. getting comfortable. So right. we need to mix it up. So... I was looking at the total work environment question, which really is about how does the company get feedback from drivers to know they're doing the right things? And I think we probably need to rewrite it as just how do you get feedback from your drivers to know you're doing the right things? I think that at some point I said we should rewrite this question and you said no. And I just never brought it up again. But it was years ago. Possibly. Because in my mind, this is a new revelation for me. Therefore... No, it has never been You've considered, had- <laughs> never been discussed. So I'm taking credit for the idea, which means it might have been, you know, three years or more in the past. <laughs> but anyway, yes, because I always, I was always looking at a different question to get basically the answer to the total work environment yeah, question. Yeah, well, you have to look in a couple of different places, yeah. but it's really, how is the company 
gathering feedback? How are they sort of uh, getting insights uh, from their drivers? And it used to be that nobody had any answers, which was basically we just sort of sit and watch the old open door policy that mm-hmm. we've talked about endlessly here. Very little of the ODP this year. Yeah, uh, I haven't. Well, I didn't look well, at that the question. Default, so The default is surveys. Good. Nearly everybody's doing at least an annual survey. Oh, Enough. Man, finally. There's enough of those happening that I actually broke it up in my spreadsheet where I was detailing it. Mm-hmm. I had three separate columns for surveys, different types of surveys. Wow. And I got to say a shout out to Workhound because they got mentioned a lot. Uh, I had a separate column for Workhound. There are so many people that were mentioning it. So Workhound has had a very good year. So with their sort of weekly text-based polling of so drivers. Another thing that is used to be groundbreaking and now is kind of run of the mill is um uh that rate my load thing Mm, they they, when you're at a shipper site and you basically can do a survey or send a text about your experience that's run of the mill now there's so many people doing that because i think there's a satellite provider that actually has it built in i think transflow might have it built into i think it yeah, and I'm sure Workhound does it. And Elios probably has that as an option on there. Yeah. Too. So it was like, I remember five years ago, and it was like, wow, that's really cool. And now it's yeah. like, eh, yeah, everybody's doing that. And then, um, so it's kind of like the same thing with surveys. Surveys, it always seemed to me that it's a no brainer. Yeah. You do a survey, you can find out stuff. But how long has it been since? We've been saying that for years. Like seven years? It really shifted this year. I noticed that. That's, well, yeah, because yeah. people weren't in the office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an easy way to, yeah, start doing these forums and things, like town halls and forums and doing them over Zoom. And, and it's a lot easier now to do that. So that one has really shifted. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of thinking of the ones that have scored thus far or been involved in reviewing thus far. Um, so uh, I did my team of reviewers and scorers did benefits and we're working through the HR strategy. So we're about halfway through the HR strategy now. So we're starting to look at onboarding, which I think is going to be very different as well. Um, I'm, my team did compensation and operational strategy. So I think so we've touched those. We haven't hit performance. No. Or development yet. But those things often go by really fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not feeling too bad about the impending deadline to get it all done. I think we're going to be okay on that. So I'm less stressed than I have been Which in the past. Which is good. Yeah. I was explaining to my team that you have a very bad habit of think underestimating a lot of things. Well, when it was like the beginning of the second day and we were still in the comp section, I got very worried because that's like the simplest and the quickest. But There's it only wasn't. like four questions. Normally it is. So I'm like, crap, if we're a day and a half into this and we're still in the first section, how are we going to get through all the other ones in time? I know. I but know. We're moving along now. Yes. And as I, so we live on the southeast corner of a town, Newmarket. And Newmarket is is basically a rectangle. So everything, there's, there's not a lot. Well, it's, there's more now, but there's a whole bunch of retail and stuff. And there's a Costco, which is like the grand poobah of retail that is on the northwest. So we're on the southeast corner. And in the northwest corner, there is this like all of this shopping and Mark does not know how long it takes to go kitty corner. He does not know how long it takes to go to the other end of Newmarket. You drive me up the wall. Okay, I really was wondering where you're going with this because we're talking about scoring and now you're talking about the, the geography of the our town. The overestimation of how long things should take. You're terrible. Well, you I always think it's oh, it's 10 minutes. No, it's not. It's like half an hour. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> needs to be done by the deadline. I know. It I don't needs care to be if you done think it should deadline. be half an hour. If there's not half an hour available, we need to find a way to get it done faster. Well, freaking out at the beginning is not. That has worked for me very well. <laughs> it's tried and true. 
Oh my God. Okay. But we're doing okay now. Yeah, we are doing okay. So, we're getting in a good chug. I yeah. think those first questions, we probably, if it was just us, we probably would have gone, hey, it's weird this year. Well, and that's then figured also it out. It. And also, part of it is I had to come to terms with the fact that just because I'm not getting very much done doesn't mean nothing is getting done. Because my job isn't to do scoring anymore. It's to make sure the other people that are scoring it are doing it properly and following the right process and coming up with good numbers on all that. So now we've got our team sort of rolling. It's moving Mm -hmm. pretty nicely. People are sort of getting to see all of the things that we've talked about, about the ins and outs of it, the tricks of scoring. Um, It's starting to move reasonably well. So I I think we're going to be okay with it. Yeah. Well, we, we are doing this podcast, so you obviously don't feel too bad about it. Got to do the podcast as well. And we got to do a webinar on Tuesday. So we got stuff on Tuesday. So, but let's shift gears a little bit uh, and talk about something that is starting uh, to be announced or talked about that has been in the works for a little bit. And we officially made the first public uh, acknowledgement of it earlier this week when I notified our finalists, and that is our brand new Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. Yes. Did that sound silly? I will put a big echo on it so that it sounds, <laughs> sounds like it. Post-prod. Yeah. We need yeah. some post-prod on that. Yeah, fix it in the mix, right? The Hall, yes. So hall the, of Fame. So the Hall of Fame solves a couple of different issues for us. Uh, One is that we have a bunch of people that really are working and we can kind of go through it and see as we're scoring and as we're interviewing them, we see all the things they're doing and like, these guys really belong on this list. Mm -hmm. They are really doing some nice stuff here and everybody's happy and they're having good results and they just miss out on that top 20. So you're talking about companies. Companies, yes. Companies. They just miss out on the top 20 by like half a percent. Yep. And realistically... The difference between the company that makes it to number 20 and the one that gets cut as number 21, there's not significant difference there. No. They really should be getting recognized, but there just isn't space when there's only 20. And part of the reason... Oh, hang on. And when we say there isn't space, it's like physical space. Because we have to put these people on stage. Well, it's partly that. But also, if if we start saying it's not a top 20, now it's a top 30, we start to water it down a little right. bit. And there may not always be 30. So we have that issue that sometimes there's 22 and sometimes there's 25 and things like that is really tough. And part of the reason that there is such a tight cluster like that is that there's a group of them that have hit a certain stride and are there year after year after year. And we start seeing them and it's eight years on the list consecutively and 10 years consecutively. And they're the same ones winning the overall award. So we need to find a way to sort of move them out of the top 20 and make room for other people. But we can't just disqualify them or say, you know, you don't count or anything like that. We've got to find some other place to put them. So the Hall of Fame gives us another place to put those people that are consistent performers and allows us to recognize that they are stepping up. They don't rest on their laurels. They're still doing something new every year. But realistically, it's going to take a while for other people to uh, to, uh, to get caught up to them. So with the hall of fame, we can start recognizing people that have been there for 10 consecutive years or seven consecutive years. Plus they've won the overall award at least once and move them into a hall of fame that recognizes their continued efforts, their continued excellence. And by doing so make space for some other people that are also trying hard and need to be recognized. So, I love that idea when it was first proposed. And what I really like about it on top of that is that there's no limit to the number of people in the Hall of Fame. So we can keep adding to it, which effectively gives us this continuing space to recognize new people in the top 20 each year. But also the Hall of Fame have to requalify each year. So mm-hmm. they're not put out to past year. That was one of the concerns is that what happens if you get into the Hall of Fame, you start resting on your laurels and then you become kind of crappy. Well, we don't want that, right? It should always mean something. They'll get a new logo every year as they requalify for it. So that uh, allows us to make sure that they're continuing to stay in the game and that uh, new people get to be recognized as well. So we're very excited that uh, this year when we announce it, we'll be announcing our first Hall of Fame people, which could be six or eight fleets. We have to see what that shakes up as. Yep. And on top of that, that will be six or eight uh, new spots in the top 20. 
and the Hall of Fame are not eligible for the overall award. So it's highly likely that we will have two new overall winners. Um, well, it's, yeah, it is 100% that we will have two new overall winners this year. So Completely that's, new, but yeah, yeah. because... Um, well, the others, the last year's two, uh, if they make it into that level, they're going to go into the Hall of Fame. Right. They're both, uh, they qualify for that. And if they don't make it into the top 20 for some reason, they're not there anyway. Yeah. That's exciting. So I am very much looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out. Yes. Unfortunately, it's another logo. <laughs> <laughs> it's another logo. It's another logo. It's another deliverable for the announcement day. It's a new trophy. So Merle at the TCA and I were uh, have been looking at trophies. So we're very... We found a trophy that we think are gonna this is gonna be really good for the first Hall of Famers. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you're gonna get a tro a different trophy when you're inaugurated into the Hall of Fame. Hmm. And then like a super duper trophy and then kind of a more regular trophy in subsequent years. So the um the super duper one has red on it, which oh, I'm very nice. yeah. Is it best fleets red? I don't know, maybe. I'm, I I don't In the right light it might be <laughs> it might be it looks well it's like ruby so oh very nice but the hall of fame but it's going to be engraved like they don't have the colors on the on the trophies anyway mm. so but I'm looking forward to that yes. I like it when we have I like it when we have like objects that have the best fees logo and stuff I, I yeah. do I think you know when we have more uh, staff and more more you know wherewithal it would be cool to have a best fleet store <laughs> well interesting you need a lot more you need a lot more like there's a lot that goes into that well i'm just thinking are we going to let anybody go and buy something because a store normally anybody can go and buy well okay the logo is precious only certain people get to use it the the logo is what i've noticed is that the logo is only precious for that year for maybe for two years. Right. And then the older logos. Yeah, nobody wants a 2012 Best Fleets logo. Right. So we would we would have to, we'd have to restrict it to people who, like the winners, like the top 20, would mm -hmm. be the ones who are able to buy whatever, or get stuff printed. But you can, you can partner with printing companies oh, sure. that, that do all of this stuff. So it would be kind of nice to have, you know, you just because there's been so many different ideas on on what to put the Best Fleets logo on. So we've had hats, we've had a barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> April could, you know, maybe I'll just get April to head up the whole thing. Yeah. April from T COTC who has gotten this logo on. She's very creative. So she did have it on a barbecue. Um, water bottles. Keychain? Oh, no, not keychains. Can you think of anything else? Uh, a lot of shirts and hats, and uh, banners. Yeah, trailer wraps and things. I'm trying to think of the most. Uh, the barbecue is the one that is the most interesting. Yeah, nothing really beats that one. No. So we'll come up with some things, but yeah, we are getting to have quite the inventory of logos that need to be produced every year. Yeah, what did what, what did you come up with? It was like 102 or something. Uh, actually, including the variations of banners and movies that we need to do for social media for the announcement, it was 135 graphics deliverables, and nearly 100 of those are just logos, variations of the regular Best Fleets logo and the rectangular view and a square view for I don't know what that's for Instagram or something, and then yeah, it's Instagram transparent ones. Uh, white only you know that kind of stuff so all these different variations uh for the different types of logos and it's the regular best fleets and then it's the two years three years five years <laughs> all of those things 10 consecutive yeah oh stand-up banners i've seen stand-up banners with yep. the best fleets logo because mm -hmm. act they were a two-year and they had that on oh right yeah they had their banners yeah so yeah, even just having, I want to collect pictures of where people have put the logos mm. and of course trucks, like, you know, truck wraps and truck stickers and things like that. Like just having the truck stickers, that would be, yeah, that would be Well, it would be great to have on the website. We do have some of that on the website, but uh, 
be great to have more of it, like where people are using their, their pictures or, or their, their banners, where they're putting their different things. What I, the one I really like is Herb Transport has the, has the um, model version of the truck with the truck wrap. Yeah. I like that. Nice. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, we did that last year when we had them all take pictures with their plaques because the yeah. uh, convention was postponed so long. We had them do the pictures of their plaques and send those in. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it would be nice to do that again, get something. We take a bunch of pictures at the convention and anything that they do with the logo, if it's um, merchandise or something, that would be very cool to have that on the website. Yeah, maybe we should get Sarah on that. Yeah, this is Sarah's job now. Yeah, I know. This is all marketing stuff. Sarah, are you listening? There we go. Management by <laughs> podcast, once again. <laughs> Yeah, should I be assigning the next question to scorers? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, Tiffany, you're doing the parking one now. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, we should probably get back to it. We should. And, uh, yeah, we've talked for uh, quite a while here. So I think it probably is a good idea to wrap it up because any other subject that we're going to talk about would be a lengthy discussion as well. So I think uh, this can be the end of it. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for stay the tuned. for the top 20 announcement. Yes. Well, on I think our next podcast will be just after that announcement. Oh, okay. Or right around the time. So. It's February the 1st, if anybody is yes, interested. Yes, Tuesday, February 1st, we will be making the announcement with teasers on social media mm-hmm. in advance. Oh, and the teasers. I'm really looking forward to those because I'm not doing them, you know, at two in the morning. On the final day. Yeah, with my, you know, with like three brain cells to rub together. Um We've got Ryan who is uh, doing that and they Mm -hmm. have come up with some really cool ideas that will tell you nothing. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Hints that will not tell you anything. I love it. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's wrap it up with that. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Bye.